and gentlemen, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for health and athletics. Two Australian trail championships, a 24-hour track race, six-foot track marathon, and has represented Australia three times at the long-distance mountain running world championships. I mean, I guess you could say ain't no valley high or mountain low that she can't run, right? I mean, it's the other way around. Anyways, let's just say she knows a thing or two about running. Did I mention that Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons? So, yeah, she knows her stuff. You'll be sure to get all your questions answered and maybe even a runner's high just by listening to the advice and good vibes of the Peak Endurance Podcast. I've been coached by Izzy since February this year, 2022. I've had a really good year of running, thank you to the support um, and guidance from Izzy. I did two main races, um, the Surf Case Century 100 kilometers and also the New York Marathon. Both of these races, um, I achieved all my goals that I wanted to achieve and um, just had a a great experience in both. Um, Thoroughly enjoyed my year and um, just, Having the the support, the guidance, and the knowledge from Izzy really helped me achieve those goals. So if you're thinking of actually getting a running coach, I would highly recommend Izzy from Peak Endurance Running. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the Peak Endurance Podcast, episode 185. Every time we are edging ever so closer to episode 200, which will be a bit of a milestone for me and I'm a little bit excited about that one. I shall do some sort of celebration episode, I'm sure. Don't know what yet. Um, Today, I'll be talking about the 10 things all runners should do. This is in contrast to the pod a few weeks ago about the 10 things runners shouldn't do. And do not fret, I haven't just reversed the ones they shouldn't do. (laughs) Although that was an option, a very easy option, but didn't go for that, so all good. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and thank you for sticking with me through the two-week break I had. Um, I had, well, Christmas too, obviously, but, you know, I had surgery and needed some time to recover and uh, thank God that is over and now I can look forward to 2023. I am actually recording this on Friday the 30th, which is the day before New Year's Eve, and obviously this was we going out and it will be 2023, so I hope you had an awesome New Year's Eve and celebrated in style. We, Ron and I will be going to the Yuyangs. He is doing the Rock Around the Clock um, Trails Plus event, the six hour. I will be cheering him on because I am not allowed to be running yet. Certainly wouldn't be up for six hours, that's for sure. Um, Which I'm kind of spewing about, but also kind of looking forward to, you know, just hanging out and seeing what happens and um, seeing how it all goes. I've never been to this event. I've always wanted to go on New Year's Eve, but I've always managed to find something else to do. Um, but this year, Ron and I thought, why not? It might force us to stay up beyond 11 o'clock. Um, certainly that's when his race finishes. So we'll definitely be up way before after that. All right. So I hope whatever you did, and maybe I saw you there, you never know. Um, I hope you had an awesome time for New Year's. All righty. Let's get into it. 
10 things runners should do. So the first thing runners should do, and, and, and this is pretty primary as, as for the start of the year, it, it really helps to focus us, is you should set goals. Now, I'm not into New Year's resolutions. This is not what I'm talking about. Um, a New Year's resolution to me is like, you know, a bad habit that you want to change. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't like the idea of, I've never set a New Year's resolution. But goals, yes, I have set them. And I think they are so important. And a goal for runners, it's not just going, I'm going to do this race, that race, and that race. There, bang, three races for the year, done my goals. That's not what I'm talking about. Yes, you set your races, absolutely. And they can be part of your goal. Well, they will be part of your goals, clearly. That is your outcome goal when once you choose what um what you want to achieve at that race. And that race, you know, it could be a time, it could be a, a feeling that you're after, a feeling of having really given it your all, those sorts of things. But that is that is just one goal. Okay. You need to think about how you're going to achieve that goal. It's easy to set a goal and go, right, I'm gonna do this race and do such and such time. And then when it comes down to doing the training, which is another kettle of fish completely. You might oh, slack off on this and oh, I couldn't be bothered doing the weight training and oh, I stretched once this week, that'll do. And do you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's getting all those processes and habits in place that help you achieve the goals. So having process goals, basically those goals um, that you need to do day to day. And, and I break them down in my goal setting workshop um, into um, baseline and stretch goals that you have every week. Um, which I will go into in, in the actual um, workshop. We don't have the time here to go into them. But those help you get those weekly goals done. And that those weekly goals with the baseline and the stretch goals are also achieved through changing your habits and developing habits and triggers for habits and all those good things. And, and um, you know, you don't need a New Year's resolution to get rid of bad habits when you figure out how or when you learn, like you do in my workshop, how to get rid of bad habits without having to make some resolution. Um, you know, and, and focusing on building those good habits. Then, of course, you, you've you got your process goals, which you have to um, achieve to, to lead you towards your outcome goals. But you've also got your performance goals along the way, you know, like different benchmarks that you need to reach so that you know that you are capable of reaching that outcome goal. You can't say I'm going to do an X time if you can't um, in, in four months time, if you can't in two months time, reach a certain benchmark. If you're still lagging behind because you haven't been doing the training, you haven't been putting the same effort into the speed work that you really know that you should, those sorts of things. So setting goals is more than just choosing your races. That is why I do encourage you. Of course I do, because I want to see you um, to join my goal setting webinar on Wednesday, the 11th of January. 7 till 9 p.m. approximately. It probably could go longer. In fact, it probably will, knowing the way I can talk. Um, because not only will it be me talking, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to just talk at you, is I, you know, encourage interactivity within the webinar. So there'll be talking in the chat, but also chatting, and there'll be question time at the end where, quite frankly, we can talk about anything. It doesn't just have to be about goals. If you've got any specific questions, that's fine. But really, I um, encourage you to join me on that. Like I said, it'll be great to, to see you because it'll be on Zoom and I'll be able to see you all. Um, and we can nail down not only or I can give you the tools to know not only your race goals, but like which races suit you, what what um, 
motivators for yourself can you use to help you achieve your goals? What did or didn't work last year that you can improve upon and take forward or completely get rid of for next year? Those sorts of things. And um, also, you know, working on those baseline and stretch goals. So anyway, that's that. And that will help you. Believe you me, it really is important. Um, and I will also talk about recording your progress as you go, because that is super important. All right. Number two, what runners should do is listen to their body honestly. And this is the hardest thing of all to do is listen to it honestly. You know, when I the alarm goes off, do I feel tired um, from training and therefore should take a rest day? Or do I feel tired because I couldn't be asked getting out of bed kind of thing, you know, and, and it's a fine line. Um, and sometimes I'm being like, oh, I'm lying in bed, like, oh, I don't want to get up. But then I get up and I'm like, oh, I'm actually fine. There's literally nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly fine. I just didn't want to get out of bed. And, you know, who does? Especially on a winter's morning, 4.15 a.m. or some other godforsaken hour when that alarm goes off. And that's, once again, going back to the goals, if you've got your goals and your baseline and your stretch goals, you will be more inclined to listen to your body honestly because you'll know, yeah, I'm tired, but um, I've been following my program and it's it's designed just for me and it's going to, you know, it, it is what my body can do. And to be able to achieve my long-term goals, I need to get the training done, okay? You can't achieve your goals if you're not doing your training, basically. But by the same token, um, when I'm saying, honestly, you do. If, if you are tired from the training or, you know, you've had a flat-out week at work, you've been working huge hours, the kids haven't been sleeping at night or whatever it is, Thank God I don't have to deal with that anymore. Um, then maybe an extra rest day is what is required. But that's where listening to yourself honestly, you know, and, and that's something that can only be learned through, I guess, trial and error, but years of practice and and um, and just being honest with yourself. Like what is the motivation for this feeling of tiredness? Is it too much going on or is it that I just couldn't be bothered? Um, and we all know that you always feel better after a run anyway, quite frankly. And um, all right, so also listening to your body, honestly, am I injured? Is this a niggle? Is this a red flag? Or am I, once again, looking for an excuse? Um, and we don't like to think that we're looking for excuse, but sometimes we are. I was like, oh, is that, oh, oh maybe, you know, um, maybe it's it's something I better, you know, not do that last 1K rep because, you know, I'm like, I don't, you know, when in reality it's that I don't want to do the 1K rep because it hurts, you know, not hurts the injury, but just hurts. Um, but once again, I'm not here to say push through all pains. I'm never going to say that, but to a certain extent, running hurts and, and it is going to hurt, but you need to listen to your body and what kind of hurt is it? Is it the hurt of I'm causing myself an injury or is the hurt of this is physically challenging and it's hard in this, um, day and age, um, you know, to know hardship, to know true hardship, um, Ron and I watched the movie Northman the other night. If you haven't watched it, I recommend it. Two hours and 20 minutes it goes for. And I thought, oh, my God, there's no way I'm going to be able to sit still and watch that. I what didn't it flew by that time. Anyway, if you want to know about hardship, imagine living in those times. You watch that movie. It's like, oh, like everything was hard. Everything was difficult. We've become a lot softer these days. Everything is comfortable, beautiful, comfortable bed, a comfortable pillow, a comfortable dune, a comfortable, beautiful, soft carpets. You know, I'm sitting in a nice, comfortable chair, you know, indoor plumbing, all these sorts of things. Life is easy. And so when we do push our bodies hard, sometimes it can be a bit confronting for us because everything else in life is, is quite frankly, quite easy. So that's where we need to go. Am I just being, you know, I don't want to say soft, um, 
But sometimes, you know, it can be that. Or is it something else? Is it a niggle? Am I starting to get a bit of a cold? You know, learning your body, being in good communication with your body. And that involves, um, and, and that also comes from, can I say, just spending quiet time with yourself and not every time there's nothing to do, being distracted by a phone or TV or the laptop or a book, you know, even something as simple as a book. Like sometimes, you know, back, back in the olden days, you know, I can say that because I'm old, um, you know, you'd get, you'd have moments where you just had nothing to do, waiting in a queue at the post office or something. No, we just, as soon as we can, we rip out the phone. So we're never actually listening to our bodies, even in those quiet moments, to see what's going on within us and feeling within ourselves. So maybe next time, rather than ripping out your phone to stop yourself getting bored, because God forbid we should be bored, just chill. Sometimes I like to just sit and chill and it's like almost like not think of anything, you know, just completely empty the brain and the mind and just do nothing and relax. And that is the most relaxing of all, really. Um, scrolling on social media is not relaxing. It can be enjoyable and interesting and whatnot, but it's not relaxing. It, it's not designed to be. That would uh, not work in the algorithm's favour. Um, so really learn how to listen to your body. And like I said, just having quiet moments, even outside of running, will really, really help you to start listening to your body. Another way I believe that is really good for learning to understand and, and being greater communication with your body is massage. You know, you'll be able to feel when the masseur hits a spot because it's amazing how they know. They just go, oh, that bit. And they're like, oh, yeah, God, I didn't even know that was sore. Okay. So a massage really helps you get back in good communication with your physical body and, and all the muscle fibers and how everything is operating. That's why I, I mean, I like to have a massage for many reasons, but that's one of the reasons why I do too and why I recommend them on a regular basis because you'll be more likely to notice any specific changes. Um, so, you know, if you can afford it every two weeks, if you can't, you know, once a month, but use a, a ball to roll on and, and get into those little, oh, feel, oh, that didn't hurt yesterday. What did I do in between? Those sorts of things. So really listen to your body in, in all the ways that you can. So, so important as athletes. And if you're running at all, you are an athlete. All right, number three, the 80-20 rule. All runners should follow the 80-20 rule. And I reckon not just in running, but in pretty much everything in life, including eating. And, and I know I've posted about this before that I follow probably more a 90-10, but that's because I have quite a few um, food intolerances and all that. So it's I'm less likely to, it, I don't like to go off the good diet, the clean diet too often. But, you know, 80% of the time you eat really well. 20% of the time you allow yourself a few indulgences. You know, that's what life's about is enjoying it. With the running, 80% of the time is easy. 20% of the time, so we're kind of going opposite, but is, um, you know, the hard work, the intensity is up. Um, and when and when I say 80% easy, I'm not just talking about easy. Easy to moderate, you know. Like, you know, a long run or is, is at easy pace, but when you're running... 40 or 50 Ks in the hills, that's not necessarily easy, but you're not pushing the pace like you would in a race or doing a quality session. In 20, the other 20% of the time, that's when you go hard. And if you have given yourself the grace of the 80% of the time, you will be ready to go hard and you'll actually get more out of each of those sessions if you um, allow yourself to take it easy the other times. If you've just um, run hard the day before, how can you possibly 
hit your um, paces in your reps the next day if you've already run what should have been your easy run at a, at a tempo pace. Your body needs time to recover, to freshen up, okay? Um, and, and don't worry, I've made all these mistakes before. Um, just out for a walk today and, and saw my um, coach that I, I used to be coached by many, many moons ago. And, and um, I was saying, oh, what was, I can't remember how many Ks a week today, still about 130. I was like, yeah, you would do, sometimes you would do extra and you would go, we'd be there for an interval session at 5.30 in the morning and you'd go, oh yeah, I did a 20K run last night. And you'd be like, what did you do that for? You've got to be fresh for today. So I made all the silly mistakes too. I mean, I still managed and I got it all done, but why make it harder for yourself? Um, and also that does lead to the greater chance of injury. I, I was fine, but you know, you want to be careful. Also, um, following the 80-20 rule trains you to pace yourself, to once again, listen to your body. What does an easy pace feel like? Oh, am I actually pushing it? Oh, I'm huffing and puffing and I can feel the strain. So if you're listening to your body, you will know if you're running your recovery runs at an easy pace or a tempo pace. And it also, once again, like I said, it helps you to pace yourself. So you learn the different paces. And once you've learned all the different paces, that will, oh my God, be of such benefit to you in race at race time. So um, really make sure that you follow the 80-20 rule. It, you know, Matt Fitzgerald, who he wrote that book and, and he did all the research that find that even without intending to, that's what all the elite athletes do in all disciplines, not just running. Um, so it obviously works, you know. So if if why would it suddenly be different for you if it, if it seems to work for so many, you know, and especially elite? I mean, I know we're all different, but still we, we're all human beings with the basic same physiology. All right, now, number, I just turned the page. I shouldn't have. What number am I up to? I think it's number four. You're probably all going four. Number four. Yeah, four. Thank you. Consistent training. I posted about this the other day because I'm not just talking about running every day. Training towards your running goals and, and then achieving them takes a lot of work, discipline, and consistency. This means consistently showing up to train. So, you know, not training three days, one week, one day the next, six days the week after, then, oh, my God, you're so knackered back to one day, okay? Keeping up a sort of a consistent training amount of days, but also consistently thinking about how to reach your running goals and consistently working on your running goals, working on all the process goals, all those baseline and stretch goals. And and um, I personally like to tick them off because, you know, some people like to give themselves star stickers, I guess, but I like to tick things off and go, done. It just gives me that sense of accomplishment. I don't necessarily need anything other than tick to motivate me, quite frankly, um, but other people do. That's fine. But you're also consistently striving to adapt your training and find new ways to unlock your potential. Will stretching help me? Will doing mobility work unlock some potential? And don't forget my 28-day challenge. Um, you know, so what can you do to unlock your potential? Could you get an extra 30 minutes of sleep tonight? You need to be thinking about these things, about what um, consistently thinking of ways to improve yourself for your running consistently addressing issues such as injuries as soon as you feel a red flag. And this is what I'm talking about is being in good communication with your body is you will know when there's a red flag and that it's a red flag and not just a, you know, bodies do ache and pain. They do occasionally and, and that's fine. I'm not saying every time there's a little twinge, you freak out and run to the physio. I'm just saying when you know, and you know your body better than anybody, what's a red flag for you then get it dealt with as, you know, sooner rather than later. 
Um, runners who are inconsistent are those ones who stop training. Oh, it's raining and, oh, it's one degree. I can't train in that. And, oh, believe you me, you can. I used to train in Canada in negative 20. If I can do that, God. Um, and it was kind of invigorating in a way until you couldn't breathe. Um, but, um, you know, or they get an injury, so they go, oh, bugger it. Well, no, I'm not training. I'm just going to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. I, many years ago, got a stress fracture, which was when I, um, you know, wasn't fully focused on, A, listening to my body or, well, it was basically red S at the time. I wasn't, you know, I was trying to get to a leaner weight, you know. When, anyway, I got into pool running and I was pool running six days a week and eating healthy and really improving my um, eating and working on all the different things. And um, yes, you you might be injured, but that doesn't mean you have to stop training. There is always something you can do. If you are committed enough, there is always something you can do. And I really felt that the pool running, okay, not quite the same as running, but it gave me a focus. It gave me a purpose. Um, otherwise you just you fall into such bad habits and I don't know about you, but I love routine and I love having good habits. And I love that feeling of accomplishment when I achieve my, my weekly daily goals and, and really follow good habits. So just, you know, that was a stress fracture. Well, it was two stress fractures in the one, you know, in the shin and the knee. So I couldn't run, couldn't run at all. I was in a boot. Um, you know, I just took the boot off to drive the car. I wasn't allowed to, don't worry, I was told. And, um, you know, I was basically in a boot and on crutches for six weeks. Um, so, but I was pool running virtually every day. And and I really learned to enjoy it, believe it or not. And probably it was really good for my mental training too. But there is, you know, and I'm not saying you shouldn't rest. I'm just saying that don't just drop everything. Okay, don't just suddenly go, well, that's it. It's all over. I'm just going to sit and eat and drink and whatever. When when I get better, I'll um I'll get back into training. But then you're so far behind the eight ball that you've got to overcome so much more, which could in, in and of itself lead to injuries if you're trying to get, if you're thinking that you're still back like you used to be. All right, the best runners are the ones who will show up every day regardless of how they're feeling. So I may not be motivated to do my run, but I'm still going to do it. Obviously, like I said, not if you're feeling sick, sick, but um, but that feeling of, oh, I couldn't be bothered. And often, you know, they couldn't be bothered. I'm saying it nicely. Um, they disappear, you know, pretty quickly in the run. And because not every run is going to be great. Like, let's face it, it's the truth. And, and I'm a coach and I know this from my own perspective, from Ron's, from everyone you talk to. But you're only going to get great if you run consistently. You are not going to get great. And great is different for everybody unless you run consistent, consistently. That's a very hard word to say when you're talking a lot. Alrighty, number five, we're almost halfway. Pace yourself so you can run the last rep the fastest. I say this to the people at Perk when we are um, doing quality sessions, which is what Perk is basically on a Tuesday night, Lily Dale Lake, join us if you're in the area, um, 6.30, um, Tuesday nights, sorry, kind of saying join, join us but not giving you any information whatsoever. Yeah, just rock up. Little bit I like. Um, anyway, I am waffling a bit, <laughs> but I feel like I'm talking with a friend and, and you're my friend, so I'm talking with you. Right, so when you've, say, got, um, you know, you're doing three-minute intervals and you've got five of them to do, um, you need to pace yourself so that you can do the fifth one the fastest or at least not slower. It may feel like you're pushing harder, but not slower. All right, so you, what I'm saying is you're not going out 
busting your ass on the first one. Oh my God, look at that awesome pace I hit. And then everyone after that getting slower and slower and slower until you die a slow death. What you're teaching your body by doing that is to start fast and slow down. And who wants the body to be practicing that? What you want the body to practice is starting moderate and finish by going as fast as you can. So speeding up throughout the process. That's what we want the body to learn how to do. Don't we? Of course we do. Say yes. Yes, we do, Isabel. So make sure that you start at a sustainable pace, another hard word to say, and speed up as you go. And it's really good for teaching the body to work harder as you tire. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but that means you just can't go like a, you know, bat out of hell on the first one. Be a bit more, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, sustainable about your pace and be a bit more intelligent, intelligent, oh my God, try to put intelligent in a bank in one word, intelligent about your pacing. And once again, like I've said, it teaches you pacing. And the only way to learn pacing is to practice it. If you listen to my, once again, Matt Fitzgerald podcast about pacing, he talks about this as well. And I'm a big advocate for it, which is why I wanted him on the pod about that book. So really, that is what I want you to do. And even on the last interval, which I like to do as well. So it might be my fifth uh, three minute. For the last 30 seconds, I like to pick it up even more. Okay. So then really go hard. And that way you really feel like that was a successful session. Number six of what runners should do is um, follows on, which is lucky because I made it number six. Finish your speed work feeling like you could do one more rep, whether it's a 1K interval or a 3K or a 10-minute tempo or 20-minute tempo, like you could do one more. Oh, got a blank page in between there. My printer was having a bit of a conniption. Um, And that means... Speed work is not meant to be done to the point of absolutely exhaustion. We're not doing um, to failure, okay? That's not what speed work is about. You need to be able to run the next day, possibly. You shouldn't need a week off to recover from your speed work. You shouldn't even really need a complete rest day to recover from it. An easy day should be enough. I mean, a rest day once a week is fine, but that's from the accumulated fatigue of the um, of the week, not from that one particular session. You shouldn't need a day off to recover from a one particular session if you have paced it correctly. So you're not meant to ruin yourself, pardon me, every time you do quality sessions. It's a one component. That quality session is one component of your training session getting you towards your ultimate goal. Goodness gracious, I just drank a whole heap of water before. Um, so I wasn't drinking it during the pod. And that's really worked out well for me. <laughs> so going too hard and, and absolutely smashing yourself in all of your quality sessions leads to the potential for injuries and most definitely for burnout. And not just physical burnout, but mental burnout. There's nothing more awful than the night before going, oh, my God, I've got to smash myself at 4.30 in the morning tomorrow. Oh, and then you don't sleep and then you go out and smash yourself. So you've got accumulated fatigue from the lack of sleep, pushing way too hard and so that you just you cannot even almost finish the session and the cool down is the walk of death home. Um, so finish it feeling like you could do one more rep. You might not want to. I'm not saying want to do one more rep because they should still feel hard. You might not want to, but you could if your coach suddenly said, bang, go and do it. You could do it. It might not be the prettiest one on the planet. That's okay. But you could go out there and do it. And like I said, you might not want to, and that's absolutely fine, but you could physically do it if you need to. 
All right. So that's how you should finish a quality session. Not so ruined that you're, you need three days to recover. All righty. Number seven, mobility work before running and later in the day when you do all your stretching routine and all that sort of stuff. Now, I'm a big believer in mobility work. Now, mobility work is not just getting the ball light and getting it into the, you know, sore spots, which is helpful for the mobility work. But mobility is, is super important for, for runners because running really stiffens everything up. So we really need to work on mobility and not having mobility, enough mobility at one joint forces a change in gait or excessive motion in another joint, which leads to injuries somewhere else in the kinetic chain. Okay. So you might get a pain somewhere, but where the actual issue is, is the lack of mobility in your ankle. Okay, but your hips hurting, but that's because you've changed how you run because your ankle is not moving correctly to get the right forceful push off. So, you know, I certainly for myself, I do ankle mobility work before every run. Um, and, you know, then I go out the front after I've done my ankle mobility work in the heist, I go outside and I do my dynamic stretching, which helps once again with your range of motion. And then of an evening, I will do more mobility work and my stretching as well. Okay, not every evening, probably five to six times a week. Yes, I give myself a whole two days off because of perk and Sundays is like my rest day for that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I just think mobility work is so important, um, especially for me, because I am getting older and as we age, our structures stiffen and lose their ability to move easily. Mobility restrictions introduce flaws into a runner's gait that are typically greater than the sum of the individual parts. And not all runners, in saying that, not all runners should run the same, but you should run with full range of motion for your body. Every body is a slight, a little bit different. Like my right hip kicks my leg out a bit. I've been like that ever since a child. So that's just the way I am and I'm not going to change it. But making sure that I've got mobility in all of the other areas really helps. And I still work on hip mobility um, because to ensure that that doesn't get worse because it comes from a tight hip from, I don't know, I think the way I used to sit on the floor as a kid at school. Running faster, especially running fast, if you want to run fast, fast, requires more mobility and more force. And I'll talk about drills later. To run fast, you really need to optimize your body. And this starts with ensuring you have a full range of motion so that you're not altering your gait to compensate for the lack of mobility. So you should work on stretching and mobility at least three to four times a week. Like I said, I do five to six. Um, but you know, I'm no spring chicken and, and that's fine. But I, I even recommend it for, for people who are younger, if you really want to, you know, ensure that you're doing everything you can for your running. So in saying that, not that this is a big ad, but it feels like it now, but joy, I'm doing a 28 day stretching and mobility challenge, you know, get onto it and start some good habits. Like on a Monday and a Thursday evening, I will be doing online, um, stretching and mobility classes. We will go through different rolling techniques different mobility exercises, different stretches. And, and I'll be recording those on Zoom so that if you can't attend some of them, you can watch them later. And every day I'll be putting out a different exercise to uh, stretching or mobility exercise to focus on. There'll be a private Facebook Facebook group, you know, where we can chat and support each other. And I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to it because I've been working really hard on getting it all together. And I really hope you can join me for it. Um, and, and I just think it's a good way of starting the year off. That's why I did it from it's starting uh, Monday, the 16th of January. I wanted to, everyone to start the new year on a good footing, on, on starting to 
nail down these habits. And, and I really think that you will benefit from participating in this. And don't think that I'm going to be up there looking like Miss Stretchy, Miss Mobile. I, in spite of doing all that mobility work, I am still, I'm still a work in progress <clears throat> because from where I came from, whew, um, you know, but it was one of those things when I first started running, I was stretching every day and I've slowly gotten lazier and lazier. You know, I was working full time with two young children and a husband who didn't support me with my running and who hated me doing anything to do with running. So I kind of had to hide doing all that sort of stuff. So it slowly petered off. Um, and, and I didn't do it. And then, you know, once again, bad habits develop and you stop doing it. Um, but now, you know, my Maya said is, well, if you don't start stretching, you're just going to get that shuffle will get worse. So I'm really working on it. And, and I think it's so important for all of us. And that's why I'm a convert. Before then, I was like, oh, you don't have to stretch. Runners need to be stiff. Yeah, runners do need to be stiff, but you also need to be able to move. Okay. And that goes for all of us. Um, so please, please, please join me. Go to the website. You'll see it there. Um, and join me it'll be I reckon it'll be fun I think the classes will be fun um, you know because once again interactive so um, and and we'll give it all a crack together and improve together number eight eat and drink water before and after workouts and long runs and drinking lots of water helps with your mobility and tissue softness too so it's super important in that regard um, now, if you run in the morning, it's really important to make sure you drink some water to rehydrate yourself. I know you've just been in bed sleeping, but I've done some research and, and find that you actually lose so much um, water through breathing during the night. Like, you know, have you even have you not ever been in a tent, one of those tents all night long? And it's like there's water dripping off the ugh, it's just gross. Um, dripping off the inside of the tent. You're like, oh, what is, oh, that's all my breath and water and sweat. Oh, it's just disgusting. Anyway, you think about that. And yeah, you don't see it in the house, but it's there. It's, it's you know, you're still breathing all of that out and sweating and all that, especially in summer. So please, your first drink of the day, I, and it pains me to say this, should not be coffee because I do love coffee. It is my favorite drink in the universe. It should be water. Okay. Um, and I've got my bottle here. I'm really, this has been one of my goals for this well, 2023 is to, you know, because I, I really want to drink water, but I've been, I have been a bit slack. So now I'm putting it in and I'm ticking it off and all those sorts of things. So lots of water, good, clean water. I have um, a filter put on the tap at home because I'm, I don't like all the crap they put in the water. So yeah. So drink your water um and and you know like I said I know it's tempting to just have a coffee believe you me I know I know how tempting it is but please have at least one drink of water before you go for your run also eating um let's go for faster not fasted I did propose about this up not that long ago although it could have been in my athlete group I can't remember anymore I have so many pages and groups I get confuddled if you are doing more than a short, easy run, you need to eat. You know, an easy run, like an hour to an hour and a half, just easy cruisy, nothing much. If you're getting up pretty early to do it, then I wouldn't bother. Um, if you're not starting to like 10 a.m., I really think you should because then otherwise once that's finished, it's like nearly lunchtime, that's a long time to go without food. But if you're getting out five or six for an hour, hour or so, that's fine, as long as it's easy. If it's a quality session, you need something. And I recommend just a piece of toast with peanut butter and jam um you know or almond butter whatever it is is you prefer I know peanut butter is not as trendy but whatever it's a nut butter um and um you're getting you're getting your carbs 
you're getting a bit of protein and fats and the fats help to slow down the release of the carbs um and it tastes so good and um makes getting up at the butt crack of dawn a little bit more worthwhile i think so um you know but the body needs fuel the human body needs fuel all right, and just trying to um, run a long run or quality session without, without some carbs in the system, it's not going to do you any favours. Yes, you might be teaching your body to excess fats, but you're also teaching your body to run slower, okay? Because um, when you run on your fat stores, you legit cannot hit the higher paces. It's, it, it, I mean, even a lot of those um, uh, fat-only athletes, the ones who don't eat carbs and all that, when they race, they eat carbs. I'm telling you now, they do. Um, because if you want to run fast, you need carbs. And the faster you run, the more carbs you need. So, um, yeah, I would not do a long run without eating. And I really I really think that's you need to and you need to eat on the run. And not only that, but it helps to train your gut. Your gut does not get trained by accident or by thinking about it. It gets trained by doing it. And um, so listen to that podcast I did. I've forgotten his name. <gasps> The dietitian, he's done lots of work on ultras and he he says, you know, you have to almost double what you would eat in an ultra because you're out there for so much longer just to, to actually um, fully train it. I still haven't quite done that because oh, I've just thought of it. Anyway, I probably need to do that too. So maybe we can all make that as a as a goal for next year is to properly train our guts because I just, you know this yourself. You can win or lose a race, you know what I mean, DNF or, or finish a race, just based on your gut alone. So let's make sure that it's trained. And the only way to do that is to not do every single run fasted. All righty, number nine. Oh, we are almost there. Getting to the, we can, we can well, how does the sound go? It smell the, smell the hay in the barn. So do balance work and drills. All right, so running, as you know, is a one-legged sport. You're basically hopping, aren't you? So you're essentially balancing on one leg before transitioning at speed to the next leg. A lot of balance is needed for this. Balance works includes um, starting with standing, just standing on one leg for 30 seconds at a time. Can you do that without wibble wobbling everywhere? Right, if you can do that, this time do it with your eyes shut and record yourself and then look back and go, oh, my God, I was wibbling and wobbling all over the place. I need to keep practising that. If you're not wibbling or wobbling all over the place, then great. Get a balance pad or one of those, the balance pads, those blue ones or whatever. And I saw them at Decathlon, really cheap. Um, and I'll be using those in my mobility um, uh, challenge with you all. Um, but there's also the balancing discs that you can fill with air. They're at Decathlon too, nice and cheap. Um, so progress to that. If you can do it with uh, 30 seconds, eyes closed on one leg, progress to on the balancing pad or disc with your eyes open 30 seconds and then go to eyes closed. Then, you know, you add things like leg swings, like running leg and arm, um, legs moving in different directions. Then once you've nailed that, you move to throwing and catching a ball. Then I've done it where, you know, throwing it against the wall, all sorts of things. I've done all the progressions. Once again, I need to go back to doing all that too. <clears throat> and you'll be amazed at how much this helps your running. Obviously, swap sides. You don't want to have one really good sign. Um Balance work is, is just so essential for runners, especially if you are a trail runner where you are often changing um, how you're running, your gait and all that and don't want to trip and all those sorts of things. So when you transition from one foot to the other in this one-legged sport called running, the stance phase is actually quite short. This means rapid feedback is needed for the nervous system to control joint stability and to transfer force from one leg to the other. And drills 
help to teach the neural system to more easily make this rapid feedback. So when you're doing fast feet drills and those sorts of things and ladders, and once again, I do this at Perk with my clients there. Um, come along, Tuesday night, 6.30, Lillardale Lake. There we go. Um, so we do diff all different kinds of drills and, and I turn them into games sometimes, but, you know, fast feet drills, um, ladder drills, skipping um, you know, and then the running drills themselves of high knees, butt kicks, all that sort of stuff. So important. And they're fun. It's like being a kid again. It, it's really, it, it's good fun. All right. But drills are really important for that neural um, feedback system. And especially once again, as we get older, because that is one that starts to slow down and degenerate as we get older. Hence, as we get older, we shuffle more. Okay, so to really keep your spring in your step, you need drills, especially as you get older. And when I'm saying older, I'm talking over 30. Okay, so um, yes, anyone over 30. And really, quite frankly, even before then, because once again, I mean, you see those young athletes do it. Of course, it's super important and it's never too early to start good habits. All right, number 10, the most important thing that runners should do is have fun, even when it's hard. Now, running can be hard work, but that doesn't mean it can't be fun. You can make it fun by running with others, um, listening to, I don't know, funny podcasts, um, just feeling gratitude in the moment for how awesome your body is to be able to do this. Like sometimes I'm just like, wow, this is so cool, especially because when I was younger, I was that unco kid that couldn't do literally anything. And, um, and now here I am, you know, running and I just... It just amazes me how awesome the human body is. Or oh, feel gratitude for the beauty of your surroundings if you're somewhere beautiful. And even if you're not, just I just love looking at all the different houses and, you know, I make up stories in my head of the people living there, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. And to be honest, hard work is underrated. Like I said earlier, life is so easy these days. It gives yourself such a wonderful feeling of accomplishment to actually push yourself and do those hard things. I think that's part of the reason why running is so fun. And, and correct me if I'm wrong or let me know. Put it in the comments. Send me a DM, something, email, whatever, Isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au. I know it's just such a short email, isn't it? Um, let me know what, what you reckon. But I reckon part of the... the awesomeness of running and ultra running is the fact that it's hard and that you make yourself do hard and wow you just feel so proud of yourself and so good um I personally think that's a big reason why we love running and like I said if you if you disagree let me know but if you agree let me know like honestly I love to I love to hear from people please do let me know either way anyway so that's the 10 things that runners should be doing all of us me included and I really do try to of course I'm not perfect and I would never um say that I am but you know I'm trying once again like I said I'm a work in progress and I I really do try to do all the right things and and do those things that I said I mean you know that's that's what it's all about and it all adds up that's the thing all those little things you know um make such a big difference and and I really think it's Super important to work on all that I can put that paper down now because I am done so great to be back I do love doing this podcast so I would really really appreciate it if you could give me a review I I, I just love getting reviews I know it, it maybe it's it sounds vain oh I love for you to say how awesome you found this podcast but you know I put a lot of work into this and and it, you know it, like having that tick on my um 
my goals chant. It, it's just not, it's, it's like a tick for me, getting a tick from the teacher to hear from you guys that you do enjoy it, you do appreciate it, you do get something out of it. You know, how about you take a photo of yourself listening to the pod and tag me on Insta or, or Facebook or something and, and I'll share the post, you know, like do something fun like that, even if it's not a review, something like that. I would just love it and um, make my absolute day. Also, don't forget health and high performance. I, uh, you know, once again, talking about listening to red flags, if you are feeling something in your body and you're not 100% sure, go and see Luke. He will sort you out. And he's not one of those ones that will instantly say, stop running. He will help you keep running and keep those niggles at, and injuries at bay. Also, Peak Chocolate, they, like I've said last time, I think I did, they've got that new drinking chocolate out. And oh my God, it is so good. Um, I know the weather's hot, but I still love having hot chocolate every night. Um, you know, I just, you know, I just put up with feeling that much hotter. Um, that I, I just, I can't, you know, I can't rave about um, peak chocolate enough, you know, and I know some people have used the code Isabel Ross and they are converts. Um, shout out to Matt Fagens. I know that he has, he has become a, a believer in, in peak chocolate and I know he loves that um, too. I think he likes the, the energy one with the caffeine in it and that sort of stuff. So Give them a try. Go to their website. You get 15% off with the code Isabel Ross. Don't forget Isabel, the Scottish spelling, I-S-O-B-E-L. Get onto it. All righty. So um, I hope you had a brilliant Christmas, brilliant New Year's. And if I saw the Yu Yangs, um, good on you for doing something different for New Year's. Anyway, um, let me know what you thought of the pod. <laughs> I went freestyle this time. I normally have more concise written notes, but... I, I thought I'd just sort of talk off the top of my hat. I just can't top of my head. Sorry. I uh, just had a couple of points and um, that's what I like to do, you know. Anyway, let me know what you thought. Have a great week. Enjoy your training. If you're getting ready for two bays, good luck. Have lots of fun out there. And I will catch you next week. Bye.